What's up, taste sight? You know, you know, chilling. Feeling like a villain. Minding my business. You saw I looked around and I couldn't believe this. Oh my God, I love that song. Everyone loves that song. I know, right? <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I don't know what shoot makes means. Yeah, what does shoot mean? You know what? It's funny because they had Salt and Pepper had Shoop, and then Whitney Houston had a song called Shoop that Babyface wrote for the Waiting Six Hell soundtrack. And as a kid, I was like, this must mean something. Oh, that Whitney Houston song, Shoop. It's just like those Shoops. Oh, even when she Shoops, when she Shoops, it's oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like my shoulders are raising just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I'm there. Oh, Shoop. God. We gonna have, I'm going to listen to that later. <laughs> yeah, man, that whole, uh, you know, that whole Waiting to Excel soundtrack was... It is but like, so good. Yo, we had some great black soundtracks back in the day. And Waiting yes. to Excel was definitely one of them. So yes. was Space Jam. Come on, guys. You know how we do. Oh, God. Well, see, when a black movie does a soundtrack... I mean, that's why uh, Black Panther was so hot. It's like a, we, yeah, we do it a, well. <laughs> we, need, we need more soundtracks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we collab really great when, it, when we're doing a movie that we're behind. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's just because hip-hop in general is just a great storytelling uh, method. Yeah. So I just think it lends itself really well to film soundtrack. I, I, you know this, and I have this idea. I'm putting it out there kind of so anyone can make it. I want to make a play or something that it's like Mamma Mia, but it's just all 90s R&B songs. Yes. Because they tell I a that, story. <laughs> yes. I saw that, that you said that, and I was like, absolutely Obviously, Babyface has to be involved, yes, or exactly. Teddy Riley, yep. or it's just someone from that era, and we just have a complete. Um, I always thought that, like, um, actually, now that you bring it up, I always thought that House Party would be a fantastic stage musical. Uh, that would be good. Yeah. Right. Yo, we're like, putting this out there. Someone should get on. Yo, it. someone make this the <laughs> next the next limo while we're on If you're listening, exactly. Yeah. If if uh, Legally Blonde can be become yeah, a stage like there's we have some great like friday could be a musical and friday would be an amazing musical friday oh my god can you and imagine? you know this man <laughs> friday as a musical would be amazing uh and it actually makes sense why isn't it <laughs> i just i i'm telling you just like i think that you know you les mis and phantom of the opera like they've dug into like white like literature and culture but like there's so much of our black culture especially recently during our 90s black renaissance Yo, there's there's stuff there's stuff there. There's still fruit on those trees. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna start shopping this around. We should get get some things happening. Yo, you know what? Yeah, let's uh <laughs> let's let's pitch this. Let's get this to an elevator pitch. Exactly, and, uh, right? Just boil it down. All right, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. All right. What up, bro? What up, bro? And welcome to Bro Meets World. What is Bro Meets World? Your boy meets world fan cast. I'm Siege. And I'm TC. A little backstory for those who are listening. We are releasing this episode a little out of order um, because when we originally recorded this, uh, the file got corrupted and we just lost all the sound quality. So TC and I agreed to record it again and... um, yeah, this is where we're at. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting for us just because we've um, this was episode six, and we've basically seen the entire first season at this point. So yeah. going back and watching this is it's interesting to see the characters how they've changed, um, and just see how uh, the relationships are and everything. It's just it's a new take for us. Yeah, so we're we're letting you know uh, if you are listening to this in order that this episode uh, is kind of going to feel. <laughs> um, ahead of its time or like out of place because we were at a different place when we started recording this but uh, I still think you'll enjoy it well and I also still have my notes from my our original viewing too so I'll be able to provide some of that perspective but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be able to give goes. like some bit of a what what our first impressions were but like also sure. it's really funny to see as you said all of the things that are different now yeah totally Okay, uh, so let's get into this. Uh, the Tell Me About It. Tell Me About It. Yes. The Tell Me About It is Corey cheats on an intelligence test. Uh, which is accurate. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, so we were just talking about 90s music. I was like, can we talk about the name uh, Boys to Men? Uh, yeah, that was so, really cool. You know what? Boys to Men was such a. I feel like they were such a, a huge deal in the '90s that they were able to cross over, and, yes. uh, in, in ways that other '90s R&B groups just weren't. 
But they just got to be, they also have to be part of our musical. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And they would too. They're at Epcot every year, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into the episode. Um, okay. So um, in our opening scene, uh, Feeney is handing back test and Corey is literally being a class clown. Like he's literally has a bozo. Nose. He has a clown nose on this, on his face. Exactly. And he's just kind of like interrupting and, um, not actually, he's not. He's just messing with Sean at this point in time. And but of course, it's a distraction. And Feeney calls him out, um, and then makes him wear this the nose for the remainder of the day. Which um, I felt like that's something that like Corey would kind of like relish in. Like the, oh, he almost like Feeney let me be a distraction, you know, in a, in a way that he would kind of have fun with it. Well, what's interesting is like at this point in time, I think. It may be too early, so let me get to the next point. But I will say that, sure. like, um, so Feeney is handing out tests, um, and he tells one Mr. Lewis that he's doing uh, a good job, and then he tells Corey that it wasn't his best work, and then Corey's like, look, we both got C's. Which, by the way, Corey takes the paper off the other kid's desk. Rude. So <laughs> rude. Just completely rude. Absolutely no consideration for the other person. And he's just like, oh, we both got C's. What's this all about? And Feeney's like, well, he worked hard for his C. And he even kind of pulls Corey aside because that is the thing. It's like, Yeah, he didn't want to call out the other kid. Oh, question about the other kid. Is that third seat kid or is this a different kid? No. All right. So third seat kid is here. Third seat kid's in White class. White third seat kid. White third seat kid is in class. But he is not the other person that Feeney's talking about. This is a completely okay. different kid. Um, and it's also really weird because, as we said, Corey kind of just put the kid on blast. He's like, oh, we both got C's. And you're like, why would you do this? Like, <laughs> we were handing back tests individually. You didn't have to tell what this boy got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand Corey's point, though, because from his perspective, he's like, well, why Why the hell am I getting called out when we got the same thing? But he handled it well, I thought. No, yeah, I mean, Feeney does handle it well, but it's interesting because in this entire scene, Corey's like, oh, is this why you let Minkus get away with everything? You know, he's just, like, complaining that he gets called out on everything, but Corey is literally interrupting the class all the time. Yeah, and Minkus also gets, like, good grades. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like, (laughs) I think, is this the part where he asks um, Feeney... Like, he says something about Minkus. Like, why does Minkus get away with it? He's like, Feeney's like, did you hit your head or something? Yeah, exactly. Like, he, <laughs> And again, that's that brings me back to this other point about Feeney and Minkus having this almost secret relationship that we never really see on camera. I agree. I agree. But it's also um, Minkus, like, for example, Corey's like, a, oh, why is it that you don't take away his paper airplanes or something like that? And it shows Minkus, like, literally building... An entire, like a model, yeah, a, a model, model paper airplane, yeah, <laughs> paper airplane, and he's like, "I withdraw the question." And Feeney's like, "Yeah, dude, like, chill." But, yeah, but, obviously, but, Minkus would need to do something because he should be bored in that class. Yeah, exactly. He shouldn't be in that class. You had the, you felt this way the first time, and we're gonna hear a lot about this. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's no reason for him. Like, clearly, he's. It's, his intelligence is superior. He doesn't even have to try in class many, most of the time. It just this kid's bored. Yeah, he is bored. But unlike Corey, who is bored, he's not disrupting the class all the time, which is what I think is the problem. What really in this scene particularly that bothers me is that Corey's like, a, oh, how come I don't get away with anything? It's like you literally are getting away with the fact that you are disrupting the class in this moment. And you know everyone else is just going along with it yeah i mean he, he we, you could be where black third seat kid is Corey. <laughs> if you, you need to play your cards right that's a got. Very good point <laughs> okay uh and then we have the theme song yeah that theme song well i will tell you this just because we are reflecting back on the season um the theme song is circling back for me i'm starting to like it again <laughs> I just, I hated it for so long, but now I'm just like, and I'm sure like if you're listening to this in order, my next episode is just going to be me complaining about it again. But uh, yeah, it's just, it, I, I don't know. It's not my favorite, but it does have a charm to it. It's a, it's a very whimsical charm. I told you, I literally, I realized once it was over that my eyes literally gloss over the entire time it's playing. <laughs> like I just don't even notice it anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, it was on. <laughs> and I do also just appreciate it because I don't think, um, 
And maybe it's different. I don't know. I don't remember the other seasons like playing the full intro every time. Yeah, that's a very good point as well. And I think in season one, like it's important just because you never know who's starting to jump onto the show and who knows the actors and everything. Like it's it's important to have that cast introduction. Um, but by season two or three, a lot of times there's just like that bumper that's just like Boy Meets World, and then like you know guitar music playing, and they just fade into the episode. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so yeah, I was just I was just appreciating it while I had it. Oh, look at you! You definitely have come around to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just nostalgic. Okay, so um, after the theme song, we get a new scene because apparently both of the boys had detention. Um, and he assumes that Sean uh, waited for him because we kind of see Sean in the hall. And he's like, no, he got detention too, just from art class. <laughs> Which I have you ever gotten detention from an elective? Yes. You would. the answer is yes um but here's the thing i very rarely got detention because i was one of those kids who like moved around and talked all the time but i also had a charm so if i got detention it was because most likely i deserved it oh i got detention consistently but my detention was always just like i would fuck with my teachers in ways that like they knew i was doing it and (laughs) and part i feel like part of them appreciated like the wit behind it but they still yeah i had detention a lot (laughs) see i very rarely did but i will say that there were like a few times that like i got a detention in an elective so yeah i i understand I, i i feel sean on this one yeah i mean i i this is a tangent we can edit this out but uh one time I got detention because I had to do like a fake resume. Like it was for whatever job I wanted uh-huh. and I did it for being a male stripper. And I said <laughs> I could open beer bottles with my butt cheeks and, and Why like all this like, ridiculous stuff. And I got sent to the Dean's office and the Dean had to like read it out loud to my mother on the phone. And my mom later told me, she's like, I was trying so hard not to laugh. How could you not? <laughs> I, here's the thing. If my kid did that, I would literally ask the teacher what it's like. Don't get me wrong. Again, is it appropriate? No, but like, that's not detention worthy. No, not at all. Like, did, did he do the assignment right? Yeah. Exactly. Like he did. <laughs> I would like, literally like, so fill out a job application too. Yeah, exactly. That were you saying that uh, that's not a legitimate career, sir? Yeah, like, ex- are are you excluding exotic dancing from the the pathanon of what OHS is capable of? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So while Sean is like throwing away his juice box, which I pointed out, and I still think is really cool, it's like one of those barrel juices. You remember, like the those cheap ass ones with the foil top. Exactly. That you have to poke like the through. Blue? <laughs> yeah, the ones that almost look like uh I thought they looked like grenades as a kid. Yeah, I always thought they looked like grenades too. Um uh, and it never dawned on me that they were barrels, even though I called them barrel juices or whatever. And those were always the cheap ass juices you would find at like uh the black birthday parties. Exactly. Well, not just black birthday parties, but do you remember did you ever have a candy lady? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I had a candy lady, <laughs> a lady who just always had candy available and ready to like pass out to the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there was, there was that person. But anyway, um, I just remember those, and they're always blue. Or at least they I don't know. Be. I I remember them being red, but that's that's just me. Okay, see, I mean, I think there are red ones, but I'm saying in my mind the default is like a blue. Yeah, and to me, it's always at like uh, and my default is like at the beach when like all of us would take a beach trip but like that's what the cooler would be full of with for the kids yeah (laughs) yeah i like that yeah it's really cool anyway completely out of nowhere (laughs) yeah we were talking about this but um he throws away his juice box and very conveniently placed is uh almost on top of the garbage i guess because i love that it's answers to a test yeah I love that Sean doesn't pay attention to literally anything in Feeney's class, yet when he's <laughs> casually throwing something away, he's like, hold on, these are test answers. Exactly. I was like, how do you see a sheet of paper and be like, oh, these are answers to a test? I was just like, yeah. this is like very weird. So what's funny is, like, Corey's like, a, you can't look at these answers to the test. You'll get in trouble. You'll get, like, detention for life. And then Sean's like, oh, it's not a regular test. It's just like an IQ test and goes to throw it away. And Corey's like, Whoa, 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 hold up. So he immediately abandons his principles that he just had the moment it works out for him. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like where some people are like, well, a certain kind of stealing is okay, but other kind of stealing isn't. It's like, no, like, well, no, let's, I mean, let's call, it, let's call it what it is. Exactly. So he goes to throw it away, and Corey saves it, uh, and he's like, I'll be the person who can, like, master this test, uh, and then Feeney will respect me. Uh, I will say this. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if it's from our perspective of where we're at watching this. Um, I did think it was strange that this was Corey's idea without Sean's initial influence. Well, that's what I do. Like, we make a note of it, uh, and it is important. It's like, a, yeah, this is a role reversal. Sean is the one who's like, Corey, look, just throw the test away and don't make your life harder. And yeah. it's actually, I think this is interesting, and this is before we get to sean's episode um where he has the cherry bomb you know fiasco. oh yeah this is way before yeah so because of that i don't think they've quite put sean in that box yet sure sure whereas this is something that like oh no cory would do this and cory would do this but it's just like it's a it's a role reversal for their two characters and the note i had about this is the same note. like even watching it now my notes from before confirm it too I don't understand why Corey is trying so hard for Feeney's respect, at least at, at this point in the show. It doesn't seem like he has that relationship with Feeney that he would need it. it. I don't understand why he's going through such extreme lengths to try to prove something to Feeney when it seems like he he's like, oh, this is just a teacher that's on my nerves. Yeah, exactly. Well, not only that, but it's like... In this episode, he's like, oh, Feeney doesn't respect me. I'm trying to gain Feeney's attention, blah, 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 blah. But again, he is not noticing how much leeway Feeney gives him. And it's like, really, I, I looked at it just being like, a, Feeney is giving this boy so much length to like express himself. Uh, and he doesn't really come down on him as hard as Feeney could. And yet, Corey just feel, he feels like he's being picked on and singled out. Also, like, if he really cared about making, like, impressing Feeney that badly, Feeney literally just told him in the previous scene, I respect this kid because he worked hard. I respect exactly. him he works hard. Why are you like, oh, this is, I don't know how Feeney's like, no, you know what to do. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like a, just, just work hard. Easy way out. Exactly, just work hard. His response, cheat. <laughs> yeah, the opposite of working hard. Hilarious. All right, so in the next scene, um, and if you haven't watched it, Corey has basically agreed to just cheat on this IQ test that they're giving the entire school for some reason. Did you and, ever uh, take an IQ test in school? What'd you say? Did you ever take an IQ test when you were in school? I don't remember. I don't ever remember doing one. that. I think we. Do, I don't can't remember how many times we took that. Um, like personality quiz or whatever, where it's like sure. they tell you what job you're good for. I remember doing that several times, but. Yeah, never an IQ test. Yeah, never an IQ test. Nah. So, Feeney says that the results are in, and one person did so well that he was not only the highest in the class or school, but he's, like, made people question the ceiling of human intelligence. Um, and it's kind of funny because, I rewatching it, you can see Feeney is just setting setting the scene you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and one a lot of things are happening right now because minkus is looking smug as fuck right yeah. now because he he swears that feeney's talking about him but when you really think about it feeney knows yeah that Corey cheated on this thing like from the get-go he knows yeah. that he cheated exactly. so he's doing all of this almost to kind of put this guilt onto Corey. yep um additional guilt which by the way guilting kids i don't know how i feel about it about guilting kids yeah, about gu just using guilt as a, as, as a tool in any way. Like, even as a teaching tool. I don't know that I like using guilt that way. Uh, you know, that's very interesting. I don't have kids, and I don't, like, since I don't, I don't know how how much I believe I would believe this in practice. But, yeah, it's like a, I don't believe in guilt. I think honesty is the and directness is the best way. But, I mean, they also kind of want Corey to come to this conclusion on his own. So... You know, it's like a how do you do that without – I don't know. I guess I always see guilt as a form of manipulation in some way, and I just – I feel That's a good that point. That's a very good there's point. Just, there's, there's, there's better ways to teach without teaching than guilt, and I feel like Feeney does it. And maybe, you know, we're looking too far into this, but it just seems like this whole performance that Feeney's giving now is just like, you know, the top – like no one's ever scored this high – 
knowing that it's for Corey that in that first test he cheated for it, yeah, it just seems like he's he's trying to make him feel extra guilty about it. Well, I also I feel like he's giving him kind of the room to come forward. You know what I mean? Because like I feel he, like Corey would be less hesitant to come forward after Feeney made a big spectacle about it, though. Like if if Feeney had called him over after class and just had a one on one conversation, I feel like that would have been the end of it. Well, see, I don't know because what happens is, as you said, he kind of uh, assumes. Sorry, Minkus assumes that he's the one that Feeney's talking about, uh, and we know that Feeney is baiting Corey. But he says that no, it was actually Corey who has like this great mind, and it's clearly underrated. Um, and Corey immediately stands up and just accepts the applause, and it's just like, oh yeah, it's like no big thing. I did it, and he has no humility about even cheating. And like I said, I feel like Feeney kind of wanted to do it to give Corey what he wanted, which was like this praise and acknowledgement, but also to see how Corey would react. And Corey just completely leans into it um, with no guilt at all. Well, and... I think Corey also um, is is kind of reveling in this fact that he won up Minkus. I think that was a huge like ego boost for him, just yeah. knowing that he was going to show him up for the first time and make Minkus feel like he wasn't intelligent. Right after, basically, Feeney said to him in the first you know scene, Minkus can get away with stuff because he's intelligent. So... Exactly, but like, so what? One thing that Feeney says, sorry. Corey goes, and Corey's like, yo, it was no really big deal, and he's, like, accepting the praise, but Feeney is like, no, it is a big deal. It's a very big deal. And the way he says it, Corey and the audience knows that, like, this isn't the end of it, and it's, a, uh, like I said, I, I do feel that for Feeney, this was a line. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they give, he gives Corey a lot of space to do all this other stuff, but he never considered Corey a cheater. And so when Corey cheats at this, I feel like Feeney's really disappointed. Yeah, but I can also understand Corey thinking like, well, like, this isn't part of the curriculum. This isn't anything we're going to be graded on. What's it matter if I cheat for something that's not going to affect my grade? Like, I can see why Corey would think that. And maybe that's why Feeney isn't as hard on him, because he just wants Corey to kind of learn from the smaller mistake before it morphs into a bigger one. Yeah, but... All right, we we can take that. We can take that. Uh, next scene, uh, we are back with the family, and it's really funny when you see this. You know, we've gone back to this earlier episodes where it's like you get like the family little um, B plot, and then you have the bigger Corey arc. You know what I mean? Yo, and I didn't realize how much like morgan plays a part in the story like yeah. it seems like she gets less and less as the season goes on i agree so um yeah it was just interesting to see a lot of her involved in the b story yeah so uh for everyone uh who doesn't know morgan and amy are trying to pick out their uh morgan's halloween costume and it's really funny because at this point in time we have morgan being like her cute little thing where she's like shelly figus's mom uh is able to get her her costume today and amy's just like a, well i'm not shelly Ferguson's mom so <laughs> yeah I, I i i mean my mom would say things with a little bit more attitude than that but i, I feel you amy <laughs> yeah exactly also this is the scene for the very first time we learned that amy is a realtor okay yes amy is a realtor all right and you know what it's a uh, it's one that it's a thing that we don't really see too much of. I mean, we do we get a few. They talk about it. I think whenever um, remember they go to that real estate convention and all this other stuff. They they really they acknowledge that she has this other career. We just don't get a lot of storylines around it. At least yeah. in season one. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I just made that. She even has like that '90s realtor look. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. She has that that uh, that skirt suit. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> with the with the big hair, like she looks like she was an. Uh, she just came from designer woman. Yeah, know? yeah. I could just see her face on like a a, a bus ad. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe she's super successful. Alan later in the episode says she's very successful at what she does. So. Exactly. Uh, and that would again, this would explain their the income. Whole, uh, income. Yeah. Well, and also like the <laughs> real estate market house. fluctuates too, so maybe that contributes a lot. Yeah, but you're always you're always like, how do they have that house? Well, if 
uh, Amy is a real estate agent, then they probably got that house for a sweet deal. Yeah, she she knows the market. You know. Yeah, what? exactly. So anyway, um, she, Morgan's like, "Hey, I want my costume," and Amy's like, "You don't have to wait." Essentially, uh, but that's when Eric comes in and he's like, "All right, I'll agree to take uh, Morgan to go get her costume." And so the family agrees to all of this, and as they are leaving, Corey and Sean rush it, and they're like, oh, can't talk, we have homework to do, which immediately throws up a red flag. Like, no one is buying this <laughs> from any of them. Yeah, yeah. In Corey's room, um, Corey's, like, panicking, he's like, Feeney knows, which he does, Corey's not wrong, um, and Feeney sent home a letter to his parents, and at this point in time, Sean's like, look, you just need to calm down. This is where Sean is, like, being Sean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought that Corey's guilt really showed that he is a good kid at heart. Like, yeah. um, I never, I don't think there was ever any question from anyone in the story that Corey was being malicious. Yeah. Um, he's such a good kid when it comes to just trying to, like, make his family happy. And, like, he, it, all of this was really to make Feeney like him more. Like, he, his intentions are always so pure in a way. No, I don't know if this was a pure intention. Again, in my mind, or at least in my interpretation, Corey did this to manipulate the system. You know, he feels uh, unjustified in his treatment, which, again, he's not really seeing how how much he's actually getting away with. And he's gotten caught, so, of course, Corey feels guilt. Because this Corey is the type of person who doesn't do this very often, but I don't think it's ever a question of whether or not he's a good person, but I don't think he did this for, like, good intent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. It's 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 white boy logic. Like we've talked about this. I don't <laughs> know if we've gotten to that yet, but just that whole thing of just like, well, I didn't know this was wrong. Exactly. Uh, we have not gotten to that point yet because um, I will point that out. But many of you have heard us talk about white boy log- logic, and this was the beginning uh, of me noticing the white boy logic that is boy meets world. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it. Exactly. Well, I mean, one of the things in the schemes that they do is, like, they decide to open the letter um, to see... Which is really Sean's influence. I will say, we do see Sean encourage that. Exactly. Sean's like, look, we can open the envelope, just switch it with another envelope. Uh, Which, again, it's really funny, because as Sean talks Corey through all the rest of the schemes, even though it was Corey's idea, it does show that Corey's not even that smart to, like, think of his next step you know what i mean (laughs) yeah he needs sean's assistance in order to even get halfway through this plan you know uh i will say at this point i wrote a note in my notes from our first watch where i said that sean was giving me major edward furlong vibes in this what is that i don't remember edward furlong he uh uh, he was a john connor in terminator 2 oh yeah his hair starting to grow is that what we're saying yeah his whole appearance just like and, and i guess also this kind of like them kind of making him more of like a troublemaker. I don't know. It just it felt very Edward Furlong before, like you know, the drugs. Yeah. Oh, sad face. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the whole thing that they've decided to do is this year for Halloween, Corey's growing as a genius because he's just gonna instead of just realizing that he's in over his head. Of course, because this is a TV show, they've decided to keep going with the scheme and just make it bigger. Um. Because that's always the right choice. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, they're just like, oh, we're going to make this into, like, a fun Halloween game where we just try to manipulate a bunch of adults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, I don't know. Have you, you remember being a kid. Sometimes you just come up with shit that's just, like, you don't even realize that you were doing yeah. something wrong. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's I like don't a, know. Corey didn't think through any of these decisions. Like, he's just reacting. Yeah. I just, I have to remember that he is, like... I, I want to say 11, <laughs> um, but he's 11, and, like, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, so much is just, like, oh, you know, he's privileged or whatever. Sometimes, sometimes, in this case, he could just be 11. Yeah, no, I'm allowing him to be 11. I'm just saying yeah. that even as an 11-year-old, Corey did not think this through at all. Like, it's funny, because, oh, no, no, like, yeah. you just see Sean, like, kind of looking at him and being like, you really aren't thinking at all, are you? <laughs> Man. Sean, Sean, you know what? They're even now. They, they, there's such a a dynamic between them of just like, like uh, that person who's just constantly almost pushing you to go further. 
Yeah, exactly. But also, it's like pushing him to go further, but it's also you can kind of feel Sean's side eye um, to Corey throughout this episode. You know yeah, what I mean? Just yeah. kind of like a, you're really my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when you have that friend who just makes bad decisions and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to watch and see how this goes. Up. Yeah, let's just see how this shakes out. <laughs> exactly. So in the next scene, because again, they've decided to manipulate the adults into believing that Corey's a genius because uh, that's going to work. Corey is uh, listening to classic music with his foam finger. Uh, so even when he's pretending to be a genius, he can't not be Corey. And one of the original thoughts, um, there is no mention of baseball in this episode because I remember now, I'm remembering yeah. back on how all of the first half of the season was all baseball themed. Exactly. But this foam finger was the baseball reference that's what i thought of too because i was like i think there his room is even different like i just don't remember this much baseball paraphernalia but maybe isn't it, is it crazy there? how after even just this one season like he's gone from being crazy about baseball it's in every episode to now we can't remember the last time it really got exactly up. exactly um, so quickly yeah so it's i mean but uh especially towards the end of the season we are dealing with girls now so yeah it kind of makes girls sense. Yeah, that that does that'll do it. I will say it's like uh, <laughs> so. Getting back to the plot, the, his parents come upstairs and they clearly have just finished meeting with uh, Mister Feeney, and they said that they know about the IQ test. Which I will give Corey props for this. He's like, "What do you know?" <laughs> yeah, he he's not gonna he's not gonna admit to a crime he hasn't committed yet, which I completely respect. Yeah, no, I mean like he he. He won't admit to it until he knows what you know. <laughs> and I love I do love that about Corey. Corey's almost always like, wait a minute, before I incriminate myself any further, let me know kid. what you he's know. He's a smart kid. Yeah, exactly. He is a smart, he's a different version of smart than he's, he's pretending. He's street smart. Yeah, exactly. Which is important. And they said that they, you know, they are like, well, we know that you scored the highest in the school district. Uh, and Alan's like, well, how did that happen? And Corey's like, I blame the public education system. And this is where I think I got back into my, uh, social justice warrior phase where I was sure. like, all right, so let me get this straight. Corey's whole, um, plot to this is that he is being underserved and he's making fun of the public education system now, um, by, cheating like what is, what is going on with this of course he doesn't look at it like that but i'm like dude this is messed up on so many levels my question during this scene and <laughs> is at what point did the parents know that he's lying like do they know it now yeah i think they know immediately i think like again because their whole thing is like i think amy says after 15 years of being a parent i think i know my kids um, yeah. and they're like, again, everyone's kind of questioning Corey. They don't directly accuse him of anything, which I think is noble of them, but they're which always I feel like, like a, that's such a privileged thing too, because I exactly. feel like if I was growing up, someone would be like, boy, did you do this? Like that <laughs> all the time. There You're was no wrong, skirting around. I, it. I, I definitely, I agree. All right. So anyway, uh, going back to it, they, they're like, I think I know my kids, but of course as a little funny uh tv show bit this is when morgan runs in in her new costume which originally they thought she wanted to be a princess but morgan is now dressed as a zombie which i loved i love this whole like morgan not wanting to be a traditional female character she her wanting to be whatever she wants to be and her being so weird and original that she's a zombie however i don't feel like this is something that's so true to morgan's character like i feel like this would be more of like a Topanga thing to be so out of the box with a, uh, a costume. Well, um, see, I haven't seen anything in Morgan's character to lead me to believe um, that she would just be so unique. Well, so I disagree because um, even in the episode, they kind of allude that it was Eric's influence. And she, this is a, back in the time where Morgan and Eric have a lot of more scenes together. And they did have a very cute relationship in, in this episode. Exactly. And I think she's just like, she wanted, you know, she had the influence of her older brother. And, you know, she found something that was cool. And zombies are cool, especially for the type of person Morgan is. I mean, she's not so restrictive uh, and being girly in this box. Morgan's creative and fun. And so I I see that she's enjoying herself in this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sorry. That's my feelings on 
No, 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 no. I think you're right too. It's just, it's, it's. I don't feel like they know what the hell they want to do with this character. I think it's just what I'm getting. Well, it's a very fun plot device that, of course, pays off uh, in the third act, which is why we're even doing all this. And that's also all I ever see from Morgan is plot devices. I don't see any character at all. I agree. I mean, it is a kid, and I'm not sure how much you can get out of like a four or five year old. I don't know. It's just like I'm not expecting a lot. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like when I like used to see like first like season Cosby show, like they were able to do a lot with Rudy. That so. is true. Oh man, man, I really miss. <laughs> Yo, you like, know what sucks? Cosby. I don't think Hulu is even streaming Cosby show anymore. I and mean, like I don't, there's no way to find so. it. It's just like you just don't want him to get that them ducats anymore. So, yo, <laughs> you can separate. Uh, I don't. I don't. Know. I, no, no, here's the thing. I'm not disagreeing. The Cosby Show is a fantastic show, and that is a, just art, like a piece of art that exists as as a perfection in and of itself, separate from the artist. That is true, but I I will agree that at the time, it's just like a, until we can figure out what to do with him. <laughs> I, I'm okay with taking a break just for a little bit. I don't know. You could take away a man's entire livelihood without him actually being like legally. Com- I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's, well, that's that's we'll, a we'll whole other that. topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So in the next scene, um, Corey's like, "Yo, this whole thing is getting out of hand." He was like, "When it was just Feeney, I didn't feel bad about lying, but now that my parents are involved, I don't like lying to them." Which again is like. Uh, it is a note of how good Corey is, but also uh, we get like a little bit of Sean comedy where Sean's like, yo, lying to my parents gives me a little rush. Yo, and again, them just setting Sean up to be that character that just enjoys trouble, that's just yes. like excited by trouble. Yeah, exactly. So this is um, this is the one where I want to play it. Everybody thinks you're broke. We should enjoy you. When it was just feeding, I could enjoy it. But now my parents are involved, and I don't like lying to them. You don't? No. Because it gives me a little rush. <laughs> Besides, you didn't tell me you were a genius. Feeny did. And I didn't tell Feeny I'm a genius. The test did. And you didn't ask to take the test. They gave it to me. And you wouldn't have even seen the answers. If they didn't give us attention. We're innocent victims. Nothing we do is actually our fault. It's good to be kids. Welcome to White, bro. <laughs> white man logic. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing, I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely have to play this because this is the introduction. And, like, this is white boy logic 101. It's ridiculous. None of it is our fault. We're innocent victims. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, and it's interesting, too, because it's, uh, it just seems so I don't I don't know the the right way to think about this. Like I don't feel that that's some, an attitude I would ever have as a kid. Well, it's, well I was going to say that's because black children are taught to take responsibility for their actions at a very young age. Uh I mean like if we really want to get into it and we don't have to, but it's like uh when a black kid gets shot they're like, "Oh, well what was he doing? Why were you doing all this?" You know, it's just like a you your actions and your responsibility are all your own. No, at like age six. So the fact that they're 11 and they're just like, look, it's not even our fault. What were we supposed to do? Yeah. And like, I, I guess like you wouldn't hear like Emmett Till just being like, well, I would have whistled at her. She didn't walk in front of me. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. It's just like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and also I noticed there's like a, if you want to keep leaning into this whole white boy logic thing, they are having this conversation in class around out loud. everyone. Not, yeah, not out loud. even whispering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not even like in the halls or whatever. It's just like just talking and anyone can hear you. And it's just like a you guys really aren't even doing the bare minimum. Which again is you know how what? this started. I let me let me ask you about a trope that I've seen. And it's I see it a lot in the nineties and, and, and prior in sitcoms where it's like sitcom dumb. And when I say sitcom dumb, I mean someone who's able to function, who's able to even, you know, go to class or work or whatever, but they just don't seem to have any common sense at all. Like, uh, <laughs> Joey from Friends would be, like, sitcom dumb. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just that dumb that's just dumb enough to joke about, but, like, that person is not completely um, – I, like they can carry on the normal conversation as well. So yeah. I just, it was just a trope that I've noticed a lot from this era. Yeah. Well, also, but have you ever met people like that? Because I was like, that's a real thing. They're they're not 
all frequent, but you have that one friend who's just like you look at and you're like, no, seriously, how did you get this far in life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess it was just, I, you know, you see it to a lot of extremes. And, and on television especially, it's like people plotting plans out loud, not caring about their surroundings, um, or, or just like, I don't know, Eric becomes extremely sitcom dumb as the show oh, goes on. God. Which is also not like this to show how early we are. Eric is really being underutilized, even in this episode. Like, oh, this whole first season, he's underutilized. Yeah, the whole first season. Well, we're starting to get a little bit more of him uh, in the later episodes, you know, and his comedic skills. Yeah, I just I feel like we don't we don't really see a lot of Eric until at least like season three or four is when we really start to see because that's his whole like, you know, not getting into college and like his relationship with Mr. Feeney gets so much stronger. And that's where Eric shines a lot. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. So uh, back to the story. Minkus comes over and Minkus like has all these questions because he's like, if you're so smart, why are you always trying to copy off me? Uh, and which Sean has <laughs> this like is a, such a bullshit answer. Yeah, it's like such a. It's like a, he's not uh, copying off of you. He's just admiring the work of a fellow genius. Which again, I think it's really funny that Corey is the one who actually cheated on the test because Sean's actually the one who's really way better at like going with the lie. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Sean's just, I think he's just comfortable lying in general. Like, I think he just, like, he, because he gets such a rush of excitement from lying to his parents, I feel like he gets that rush lying to anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, good for him. This, uh, is, a, this is a serial killer in the making. You are so determined to make Sean a serial killer. I do not think he is. I don't feel like he, he is or he becomes one. I just feel like he has the potential to. If, like, if he didn't have Corey around... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny. That's funny. Um, but Feeney comes into class, and Feeney's like, uh, actually, uh, someone's going to be taking over for the first half of the class. I need to speak to uh, Mr. Matthews. And that's when even Sean looks at Corey like, oh, shit. I think this is, like, way bigger than we thought. We also have a female Asian substitute teacher. So we have a little diversity that they're trying to pencil in there. She doesn't um, speak at all. No speaking roles. No, not even a long camera time. We can't but, do that you know, too much. Like, let's do diversity. Any a little win bit we time. can get on this Philadelphia-based show that has zero representation of color. Yep, exactly. I mean, there's a black girl in class. What you talking about? Uh, speaking roles, bruh. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, um, but Corey and Mr. Feeney are now in the cafeteria, and they're meeting. And uh, again. I feel like Feeney is trying to give Corey a window to come confess and, and come forward. Uh, oh, I but don't instead, think so. I think this whole thing was a scare tactic. Yeah, but that uh, I, I I feel like because the thing is, Feeney doesn't immediately tell him that he's going to a new school. Um, he kind of talks to Corey for a little bit and then you know tells him how. Uh, impressed he was and you know Corey's just playing dumb the entire time you know what I mean yeah. uh, and it's sunny because he does the thing that Corey uh, he targets Corey specifically with sports because at this point in time sports is what Corey loves the most and he's like a, well too bad your new school won't have any and then that's when uh, you find out that yeah Corey scored so well that they want him to go to a new school a better school with little distractions uh, and everyone plays chess and it's like a school full of minkuses. Um, and I, Corey's like I trying would... to bow out of it again, not really owning up to it, but uh, no. I would like, feel yeah, like a no. school like that would have some kind of sport because they would understand that colleges would be looking for that kind yeah. of thing. I don't even think, I think, I mean, of course this is a, a TV school or whatever, but I feel like you're right. There would be some kind of recreation or sport. I don't know. I also feel like that Corey wouldn't have to go to any school he didn't want to go to. I don't oh, yeah. feel like there would there would be ever a circumstance where they would be like, hey, we're forcing you to go to this other or alternative school. No, his parents would be like, hey, do you want to? No. All right, then you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. But that's not the point. As you said, even if this is like a scare tactic, I also feel like in this episode, as I said, I feel upon the rewatch that Feeney is kind of done with Corey. Not done in the sense of just completely dismisses him, but he's like, uh, you know what? I was willing to put up with all your other stuff when you were trying, but if you're going to cheat, I just, 
I don't know. I feel like Feeney's like a yeah. I think you when he even says I think you're gonna get what you deserve, and he kind of like walks away. And I feel like it is George's way of being like, I really don't need you in my class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you agree I, I mean, I don't. I don't know that George ever actually comes out and fully says that, or ex- I, I, or even expresses that because I didn't get that vibe from him when I saw. I thought from him that he was trying to teach Corey every step of the way that all of this was just a teaching tool and so much so that i would believe that Corey uh feeney called the woman and said like hey i i want to meet this child for the school like just to, to orchestrate it as some kind of learning lesson i mean um i don't know i don't know i don't know this feeney at this point so it's all just kind of a guess yeah i mean it is a guess and we don't really know but i just personally i don't i don't feel that way I feel that Feeney, I don't know, I think maybe I'm taking it a little bit personally and I this is how I would behave, but I kind of feel that Feeney is just a little disappointed and upset with Corey. So, and like, even if like, say, for example, the principal went to Mr. Feeney and was like, oh, this kid who's in your class, uh, the school board thinks that he should be going elsewhere. Again, I don't think Feeney's putting up any fight with it because he says, you know, I hope you, you're, I think you'll be getting exactly what you deserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Feeney just knows that like, he's going to learn his lesson and so much so that Feeney's like, I don't necessarily need to be the one to teach you this lesson. And maybe I'm like too mad at you to bother to teach you this lesson. Maybe you need to learn it the hard way. Exactly. Because again, what is interesting is that what even though Corey doesn't admit to cheating, what he says is, I'm smart enough to know you don't think I'm a genius. And Feeney's like, it doesn't matter what I think because you're not in my class anymore. And the way that he says that, again, it's like, yeah, you know what? You made your bed, sleep in it. I'm not even going to attempt to tell you what you've done wrong. Yeah, you're not my problem, kid. Get the hell out of here. Exactly. That's, that's... You better call Tyrone. <laughs> Better call Tyrone. <laughs> You're the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in the next scene, Corey's uh, in his bedroom and he called Sean over. And when Sean enters, he just starts shooting Sean with Nerf balls because he's mad at uh, Sean. And again, this was like violent outrage. What'd you say? A violent outrage. It is a violent outrage, but at the exact same time, I was like, this is more white boy logic. Why are you mad at Sean? Sean didn't make you cheat. Sean All of this. Like- this is this is their entire mindset. I, I don't necessarily know that it really evolves that much throughout this part of the season, is that everything is someone else's fault. Like, these kids don't take responsibility for anything until it's, like, maybe they get to some kind of breaking point. But, what's, but then they turn around and do the same shit again. So I don't know. Exactly. Like it's I mean, that it's a TV show, so the fact that he doesn't learn until much later uh is expected. But yeah, it's just like uh for him to be mad at this mad at Sean was laughable in itself because it was like a he's like a you made me do this. It's like what did he make you do at no point in time? In fact, he told you don't make your life harder. I was the number one person yeah. who'd be like, Don't do this. <laughs> and if anything, I've helped you like get this far because you weren't going to do it. Cause even in the next scene, Corey's like complaining and he explains that they're going to, uh, a woman's coming to give him a second test so he can go to a new school. And Sean's like, dude, are you a genius? No. He's like, do you have the answer to this test? No. All right. Do you see where I'm going with this? You get where he's like, I'm even trying to help you out with this. Yeah. And that's where it's like, is Corey street smart or is he not? (laughs) Like, I feel like this is what they do with a lot of the characters on the show. Maybe this is what I mean by sitcom dumb where like they're dumb when it's convenient to be dumb. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, because Corey's a smart kid and like we've seen him be smart time and time again. And yet there's for the convenience of the joke, I'm assuming he gets dumb. And so I guess that's more so what I mean by sitcom dumb. Well, yeah, I don't know if Corey is sitcom dumb in this moment. I feel like you're definitely right. The Eric falls into that trope of sitcom dumb. But I yeah. feel like this is true to Corey's not thinking things through. You know, he's always in like, Just more so not being mode. thoughtful than they are. are, are uh, yeah, you're right. Thinking things through. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Exactly. Um, so now that we have this plan, because uh, what's funny is Corey's like, uh, you want me to cheat on this test he's like no i want you to take the test <laughs> but you just take it to the best of your abilities uh and he he's like uh, and don't do any guessing because i'd hate for you to stumble into a right answer 
And Which is I'm, kind of like some like low key shade, but it's it like is, that shade that is. like your friends can do to you because they know you. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. After it took um, it took Corey this long to even get that Sean was trying to tell him, you know, you don't, you're not going to be able to get into this school if you have to take a second test. I think Sean's very comfortable being like, you just do you, and uh, it'll work itself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in the next scene, what I did, um, the next scene, we get the woman from the school. Uh, playing by Jane Carr, uh, who's always that like sophisticated. Is it British I don't, I don't or know like that I recognize her? Oh yeah, she pl- she plays this character a lot, especially like in the nineties. Hmm. She's like in this social class or like intelligence or whatever. Um, just look her up on IMDb. You, you'll notice her in a lot of other things. But um, I was like this entire scene. I was like this bitch. <laughs> yeah, the entire time she's so damn rude and uh, for no reason. Exactly. I was like, "Yo, you can like calm down." She's she does the first line she's like, "Oh, Amy, so you're a housewife?" And she even kind of says it like a a degrading thing where Alan very rightfully this is like I'm like, "All right, Alan, I see you." He's like, a, "She's a homemaker and she wrangles the kids and sells real estate all at the same I time." I love this. I loved how like uh, how much the pride they had when they were talking about each other's jobs. I thought exactly. that was so cute. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't let anyone like try to shame you into your things because like then she because uh, when he comes to her defense, she's like, "Aren't you like manager of a supermarket?" And it's like, "Yo, hold your horse. You're in our house." <laughs> Okay, real fast, just because I just looked up Jane Carr, she did an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, she also did an episode of Friends, um, and I believe uh, an episode of Clueless, and I believe she is this type of character, Caroline in the City, in all of these yeah. episodes. Yeah, like, in all the episodes she plays this delete. type of person, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has her Darla niche. and Greg, all this shit. Becker, yeah. I told you she was a 90s staple. All of those are 90s shows, and she was like yeah. playing that role. Oh, she was also in Gilmore Girls for a little bit. Oh, yeah, she was in Gilmore Girls. But she plays part of the DAR. Yeah. Yeah, that's her That's her niche. Good she for her. She knows where she shines. Exactly. That's all I can say. <laughs> I would love to see her in, like, uh, I would cast her in, like, a Friday movie. <laughs> it's interesting because her, her television credits are pretty, like, family sitcom-based, but her movies are uh, Martin Lawrence's Blue Streak, uh, awesome power, spy who shagged me, and then that Rob Zombie movie Thirty One. So oh, she's so she all can be funny. Yeah, I like it. I like it. She didn't. She's no stranger to comedy. Good yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, while she's doing again, this woman the entire time is just being a bitch to everyone in the family because Morgan comes in asking for cookies or something, and she points out that Morgan's clothes don't match. Again, kind of judging the their parenting. Um, which I, again, they're like, look, we encourage her to be creative and all this other stuff. Uh, and she goes, well, if the, these are the same genes, then, you know, maybe your child who's literally minding her own damn business. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She uh, just wanted to, a cookie. She didn't ask to be judged by this exactly. woman. So she does like this word association thing with Morgan. Which, by the way, let some bitch come into my house and try to give my kid like a smart test. In front yeah, of me. exactly. Like, get out of here. What are you doing, woman? It's just like, I don't know, this entire episode, she's being rude. Um, and I love that Morgan's not here for any of it. Because the woman's like trying to have a word association with her. And uh, Morgan's like, booger? Like, you know, she's... Yeah, 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 and which I, I love. I love that. You know what? Alan and Amy kind of laugh and chuckle in a really cute yeah, they way. Do. Um, exactly. They, just, they, they don't care. They don't care about any of this. Exactly. Um, so, Corey, of course, has been taking the test this entire time. And which, after, I don't even know why he bothered to take it. I don't. <laughs> very good. Because he, he, he knows he's going to have to confess. He basically plans on confessing. So why not just confess before he takes the test? Why even... <laughs> Because Corey doesn't think things through. That's a very You're right. Point. You're right. Time and time again. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so anyway, and also because, remember, because he doesn't think things through, all he's doing is following what Sean told him. So he's like, well, Sean said I got to take the test. So And like, what a person to look to towards for advice, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so Corey finishes the test, and uh, um, right away, the woman's like, oh, most people need like an hour um, and this will confirm what we already know, and that's when Amy and uh, Alan are like, "Yeah, 
this will confirm what we already know. Uh, by looking at it, she goes, all right, so it says here, according to this test, that you just have the IQ of an average sixth grader. Can we talk about this for one second? Yeah. She said most people t- take an hour for the test. He uh-huh. got it done lightning fast and was still able to have the average a- IQ of a sixth grader. That's a smart kid. Well, no, see, that's another thing that I think is important is Corey is smart. Like, we, we've said a lot of times, it's like, how smart is Corey really? But, yeah, he's, he's just a different kind of smart. Uh, and as you said, the fact that it takes most students a long time and Corey did all of this and was still able to get an average score, there's probably even more. He probably has more intelligence than that test is even. Yeah, more. I'm sure if his confidence was up, if he had a chance to study for a little bit, like, I'm, I'm sure he could be a great student. And maybe that's why Feeney gets so consistently upset with him. Yeah, because he's like, this kid could be amazing if he just actually applied himself. Exactly. Which is basically the lesson of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. But of course, here, what happens is the woman is like, oh, so Chloe clearly cheated on the IQ test. And everyone's like, yeah, we knew that. And she's like, no, he cheated on this one. Uh, because he doesn't want to leave his friends behind. And she's like, it happens all the time. And that's when everyone's like, wait, 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 what? No. <laughs> Boy's just not that smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, <laughs> especially after your interaction you just had with Morgan, I don't know why you would be so persistent <laughs> as to think that this kid had some secret genius. But I feel like maybe it happens enough. And, you know, like, every time she does this, a kid is just like, oh, I don't want to be taken away. Yeah. Which, again, it's like a, whoa, should the kid have a say in it? Maybe yeah, then don't. Like, yeah, exactly. No you can't force some kid. Like that's that's called prison, right? <laughs> so, um, long story short, Corey confesses. He confesses that he uh, cheated on the test and that he's just a normal kid. And she, I, I don't get me wrong, the family having like this family moment while she's there, and it is a little bit like, a, okay, you're being rude to this guest in your house. Which I would feel more bad if she didn't immediately was like, well, I have to go test other prodigies, uh, and I can't waste my time with normal people. And it's like, uh, uh, excuse you. Yeah. And then I just, I, I just, I at that point, I was just, it was just the the rudeness was staggering. At that yeah, point. exactly. Uh, but don't worry, Morgan comes in in her zombie costume, and she like it's funny because she was making fun of Morgan's clothes. And Morgan comes back downstairs and is like, is this better? And it is a nice little comeuppance. <laughs> but yeah, I can't waste my time with normal people. Just like, what a bitch. Like, I will tell you this, like, just from watching the season, Boy Meets World knows how to write the bitchy character. Like, if oh, yeah. they want to use it, they they can bring out the big guns. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just like the way that they dealt with it. And, it, it, you know, it's a good use of Morgan, and it's a good way to get her out of the house. Um yeah. So I just really enjoyed it. And then this is when Corey says that, you know, he's like, he knew that his parents knew he wasn't a genius and asked them why he, he asked them why I even went along with it. And they were like, we're never going to accuse you of cheating because we had no proof, but we were kind of hoping you would get to the conclusion, uh, your own, you know what I mean? And again, like, I, I guess I don't have parents like that. But yeah, exactly. Cheating, <laughs> That's like, what I was thinking. I was like, uh, I like they are dealing with this really well. Especially because... if like my like my my parents knew that that's something I would do. They're like, no, nah, man, I'll take care of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that little black. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I'll take. Oh yeah. As soon as we get home, don't worry. We'll have oh, a talk we about. We got it. That. We're gonna have a talk. You and I gonna have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> a good oh, long God. talk. Uh, so anyway, um, in our next scene, the final scene, Corey comes up to Mr. Feeney and uh, says that he's going to return his bozo nose, which we had mentioned earlier in the episode. Uh, and he figures if he's going to give up being the class genius, he's going to give up being the class clown, which, again, it's like, a, yeah, that's all Feeney wanted from you. <laughs> he told you up front what he <laughs> wanted from you in the first scene. I want you to try hard. Exactly. But- <laughs> and uh, we went through this whole rabbit hole. Um, and so he was like, I think, you know, he figured, or he tells Feeney that he figured if he would have uh, been smarter or a genius, that he would have had Feeney's respects. Uh, or respect. Why did I say it with an S? Uh, anyway. Because he, goes, he wants all of the respect. <laughs> yeah. He wants plural the respect. <laughs> um, and 
Feeney says right then and there, he's like, look, the only thing a student needs to do to get my respect is try their hardest, which is why this Lewis kid, he failed the last test. And Feeney's like, I consider that a failure of myself. And that shows what we already know about Feeney, um, that he's a great teacher. You know what I mean? And that he considers... He's like, a, if you gave it your all and you didn't understand it, that is my shortcoming, not yours. But if you didn't even try, that's where we have a problem. Yeah, it's just a sign of a great teacher that he's able to recognize his own shortcomings when the time comes um, and say, like, oh, as a teacher, I can. And the fact that as a teacher, he's still trying to improve. Like, how many teachers do you know who've been working for 20 years or whatever it's been who are still like actively trying i mean mean, actually that's a that's a shitty thing to say to teachers but in my experience when i had teachers that were of a certain age group they didn't seem like they cared as much um so i don't know yeah no no i mean he's putting that effort in yeah i mean i don't know if i can say that i didn't have teachers who cared as much because i feel like i was very fortunate to have that but um this is a good sign sorry a sign of a good teacher for sure um, and I definitely think that this is why Feeney is, again, this is back when the relationship is more about the trifecta of Alan and Corey and Corey and Feeney. You know what I mean? This is back when they're. Yeah, where that that was a, that was a huge uh, plot point before like Topanga got introduced. Exactly, and so I think that that's one of the reasons why Feeney is uh, such like a ideal teacher because he does take this time and interest in his students. It just also just seems like he knows, like he knows how to teach these kids before. Like it doesn't ever seem like he has a teaching attempt that fails. Like I would be interested to seeing that at some point, to where it doesn't seem like he's constantly five steps ahead of everyone else. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, and then our epilogue is Feeney handing out rulers, uh, which is you know it's nothing. Yeah, it is what it is. High rolling, yeah, exactly. All right, Feeney taught me. What's the main takeaway from this episode? Don't lie. Yeah, don't lie. Or be better at it if you're going to. <laughs> like, be through. better at lying is the lesson <laughs> of this episode, guys. Uh, no, honestly, I feel like the the lesson is, as you said, just put in effort. When you put in effort, uh, you get rewarded. But when you try to take shortcuts, there's just always more fallout than you, you think there's going to be. I think there is something to this be better at lying thing, too, when I really think about it. <laughs> Just think about this. Think about this. If you had the answers to the test, you wouldn't get them all right. You would make some wrong. Thank so you. It didn't That's what I was like... saying. Dude, you made I totally have forgotten I had written that note. But I was just like, all right, see, when you are when you get older and you learn how to lie, you you even throw in yeah, a few can, bad ones. <laughs> yeah, you can't over you can't get greedy with it, but like you could pull it off if you weren't, you know, I don't know. Be better I, at lying is for me the lesson I got taught from this. Episode. I'm just laughing so much because I literally had that thought after they did the results. I was like, all right, see, dude, you aimed too high. Yeah, <laughs> oh. a perfect score, bro. Come on. But also, that's one of the things that uh also I want to go back because I forgot about. Corey says that he memorized all of the answers to the first test. Yes. In a memorized day. it, bro. That is intelligence. That's one of the things that I was like, dude, are we not like I would be impressed with that. I was like, again, either that parent, or it I'd just goes like, it, it it's either that or it goes back to that whole concept of Corey learns when he wants to learn. Yeah. So anyway, all right, so what grade are you giving it? Because honestly, I just uh well, yeah. What grade are you giving this? I'm I'm giving it a C minus. Are you still you're sticking with yours? Sticking with it. It's just it's a it's a blah episode for me. See, I mean it is. I I kind of want to give it more, but I'm sticking with my C plus. I feel like this is it's not a great episode in terms of balance and everything, but the parts that are here are played well, and I I think we do well with the parts that we're given. Yeah, I mean we definitely see worse episodes after this one, but. Yeah, I just feel. I, you know what? I I really stand by my theory that a Topanga-less episode is an episode that has trouble <laughs> getting a high score with me. It's just there needs to be that balance of male and female perspectives that we're just not getting. It's so heavy on the male perspective. Um, I'm not gonna disagree with you, especially after White Boy Logic. <laughs> yeah, it's just and and like whatever Amy and um, Morgan are in the story, they're just plot devices to serve other stories that have to do with Alan and Corey. Um, so it, it, it's just it it really needs more female um, 
attention, just a little touch just yeah. to help help it out. I completely agree. Okay, so that was our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. A lot of you asked about this uh, episode, so we're happy to give it to you. Uh, thank you. Uh, make sure that you are following us on Brum Meets World on Twitter, Facebook, all of the social media platforms. Email us if you want. Um, of course, we have questions now. Uh, Brum Meets World at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. Uh, TC, where are you at? Um, you can still find me on Twitter at Anna Kendrick RT. Anna Kendrick <laughs> retweets. Um, or a braver me on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, remember, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, Spotify, guys. guys. We're some serious shit now. Yeah, uh, make sure that you are leaving us reviews. Again, more and more of you are doing so, and we appreciate it. We uh, love it. All right, so remember to dream, try, and do what, TZ? Uh, do well. <laughs> do good, sir. Well, you know, Topanga says like that. She's like, I don't you do well? Like, no, I remember it. I got it, good. dude. I was like, I'm tearing up just talking about it. Dream <laughs> try and do good, guys. <laughs> Later, bros. Later, bro.